welcome to JBL's Everything Audio podcast powered by Headliner Radio, where each month we'll be talking to Harman Pro industry leaders about their speciality and how Harman is continuing to innovate with its range of products across the music and live performance spaces. Today's podcast guest is Phil Feynman, Harman's product manager for microphones, who in his studio career has worked with acts ranging from Guns N' Roses to Weird Al, not to mention he's also a Grammy Award winner. He's here today to share some insights into his studio background and how it led to a career at Harmon. Welcome along today, Phil. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining. It's such a pleasure. And um, I wonder if you would mind taking a little trip down memory lane back to your studio career prior to this role. So I think let's start with you designing microphones at the University of Hatford and um, Hartford. Sorry, okay. while you were you were getting your degree, weren't you, in audio engineering technology? So it sort of sounds like working with mics was meant to be for you. Um, so what was this experience like for you? How pivotal was it? for your understanding of microphone technology in general? Yeah, like you mentioned, I, I majored in engineering, but it was geared specifically towards audio, which for me was great. Working in music my whole life, even, even prior to going to college, I worked at a music store growing up and started designing mics uh, for a company when I was in college that's, that's based in Connecticut and made some microphones for some pretty large artists. So it was a very small company maybe seven of us at the time. At the time I was there, you know, it was quite small and it was great experience. A lot of uh, kind of learning on, the, learning on the job for that. I ended up moving to Los Angeles and opening my own uh, recording and rehearsal facility in a neighborhood called Echo Park. I had two partners. The place was called Bedrock, 108 rooms in the building, uh, 30,000 square feet. Rehearsal studios that were both hourly and um, and like lockout facilities. So People could rent rooms and just have 24-hour access. And then in addition to that, I had a full rental department, recording studios, and then also a full uh, repair service there. Kind of throughout my 20s, I had that space for about 13 years. And it became uh, a pretty large hub for the music scene in Los Angeles. And anyone from professionals to total amateurs, you'd have uh, like Weezer rehearsing down the hall, and then you'd have a bunch of kids doing Weezer covers like next door. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And it became just a big resource for music. A lot of collaborations happened there. And the recording studio, as it got busier and busier, and we got kind of some higher end clients, we ended up doing a uh, a Weird Al record, the record Mandatory Fun mm -hmm. there, uh, and ended up winning a Grammy for Best Comedy Record. And it hit number one on the Billboard charts. So that was a wild ride. Uh, super fun. Uh, to work on and and super building we're releasing is going to get you know renovated into condos as happens in Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, so I started at Harmon uh, about a year, a little over a year ago now. You know, natural fit. I uh, had the kind of the business experience from running my own business for so long, and also obviously the microphone experience from the past. You know, designing microphones and just having a studio space. I'm very familiar with all different kinds of microphones, all the brands, even the the history of a, a lot of these older brands. It seemed like a natural fit and then and now in addition to that i also am mastering records on the side so i, I cut lacquer uh for vinyl and do some digital mastering uh, and helps me kind of keep involved with uh, making music and and that side of things so 
Okay, well, that explains your story up to there. Let's just um, go back a little bit to the Grammy. Um, I love how you just skim over the Grammy, the casual Grammy. <laughs> with Weird Al. So, as you said, mandatory fun. So, for anyone that doesn't know, this won Best Comedy Album at the 57th Grammy Awards. So, this has got parodies of songs by, I had a little listen earlier, Iggy Azalea, Pharrell Williams, you know, Lord, all that kind of thing. So, was it as much fun to work on as it sounds? so much fun first of all yeah al al is great his band is great he's had the same band for the most of his career and they nail it every time and um yeah it's they're really fun um they're really fun projects to work on because you know you, you're recreating these songs that already exist so it's a it's kind of a fun exercise where you have to say you have to listen to these songs and say okay let's take this synth line like what synthesizer are they using how do we get that sound same with you know everything the drums the bass so you, you're trying to recreate it as closely as possible and then you let al do his thing thing on top of it you know al is uh you know he's a akg user he's used a c12 on, on pretty much every all of his uh records so that's also great um but yeah it's um Super, super fun to work on. Great, just vibe in the studio. He's he's uh, he's a sweetheart. So yeah, it's fun. Okay, and I'm just really curious. Just legally, how do how does that work? You know, as you said, you you replicate the sounds of the songs, so people recognize them. But obviously, now you know it's a parody. How do you get around that? There is a, in the United States. There's a parody law, so you're allowed to uh, kind of poke fun at things in this way, and it's totally legal. There's no no consequences for it. But Al always gets permission from the artist before he uh, before he copies any of the songs. Mm-hmm. So we always have permission, even though technically it's not needed. Um, you know, he doesn't, you know, he wants it all to, he wants everyone to be on board. And, and pretty much every time artists are really excited, you know, Al is one of those guys that I think he's universally loved, you know, when Al approaches you and says, Hey, I want to copy one of your songs. It's almost like a sign you made it. (laughs) So yeah, people are always uh, really excited about it. Okay, fabulous. And I've seen as well, so you've worked with artists from Guns N' Roses to Weird Al, like you said. So I know you must have some interesting stories of your time, you know, in the studio sort of sector of your life so what, what's a standout pinch me or maybe a treasured moment that you have of your studio career so far one of like the things that really stands out to me that was really fun is we had peter frampton in coming in to rehearse but just like with his kid and his kid's friend and it was so awesome <laughs> to see just like you know these kids obviously one of them peter frampton some but the the, the friends getting to like jam with peter frampton as you can tell is like it's really inspiring to the kid and and he'll never forget it mm-hmm. and it's kind of one of those moments like i won't forget either because it's just almost surreal in a way you know we've gotten to work with all kinds of people it's been really fun we did a couple of method man songs that were really fun and i remember him just he uh i bring my dog to the studio every day and him and my dog just like got along great and he like was taking pictures with my dog and stuff like that but those are those are a couple standout ones okay well anyone likes dogs all right with me so he must be yeah i know totally (laughs) (laughs) okay so with the good comes the bad so a headliner we've spoken to engineers that have accidentally deleted perfect takes or live sound engineers coping with a sudden silence during a live gig you know nightmare scenario have you ever had a moment where anything went wrong in the studio or where you really had to think on your feet yeah i mean you know things inherently go wrong in studios but um you know i i, I feel like the professionals are, are trained to make sure the artist doesn't know anything's going wrong and that you can work around it work around it quickly right. so I mean, nothing, I, I've been fortunate. I haven't had anything crazy like hard drive failures or 
or anything like that in the middle of sessions. You know, we've had problems where gear, you know, especially with vintage gear, sometimes things go down and you have to quickly patch around it and, and get around, you know, doing that, doing that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but nothing like nothing horribly catastrophic. So I've been, uh, been fortunate, knock on wood. <laughs> Touch wood. I'm yeah. touching wood for you as well. Yeah, That's yeah good. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned earlier, so sadly, obviously Bedrock closed for good, but it did ultimately lead you to joining Harmon's microphone product development team. So what was it about your skills and experience in mastering and with AKG microphones, of course, that made you such a perfect fit for the role? So the mastering actually helps because um, on the kind of the critical listening end of things. So although I'm not specifically designing the electronics of these microphones, I can have very uh, frank conversations with the engineers mm-hmm. down to the component level about, you know, how we think things should be made, right? So I, I am knowledgeable enough to say, hey, maybe we should try this capacitor instead of that capacitor. Obviously, I'm not trying to overstep bounds. We have really great engineers here, better electrical engineers than I ever was. <laughs> but uh, but it's nice that I can have the conversation. I think they appreciate it as well. It kind of helps things move along a little quicker. So on that end of things, that's nice. Uh, in, in terms of owning my own studio, like I said, I, ha- I had the kind of the business background from running my own business. You know, I had a staff of 12 people at my studio full time. So it was, uh, it was quite a big endeavor. Being able to run a business, it, you know, essentially with AKG, that's that's kind of my responsibility now, right? Like I, I have mm-hmm. to run that business and and everything that entails, well, whether it's we're developing products and we're doing tuning tests and, and things like that and, and trying to, you know, put a gauge on w- what consumers want. I feel like I have a pretty good sense of that. You know, there's a handful of big names. We're fortunate enough to be one of them. So I think it's hard for newer companies to to really break in and, and cut through. AKG has been around since 1947, right? So we, it was the first microphone we made was that year in 1947, and then started making headphones in 1949. We're really lucky to have this like long legacy of creating these products. Some companies, you know, they maybe started making microphones and then later on as an afterthought started making headphones or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And we've really been entrenched from like the early, early days of, of doing this stuff. Uh, and so we have a lot of cumulative knowledge and engineering research. Harman's done an incredible amount of research. And so to be able to have those those researchers and those engineers like on our team when we're developing stuff is, is such an amazing leg up. And as someone with a rich background in microphone development, going all the way back to, of course, when you were at university, how important would you say history is when it comes to mic development and preserving the legacy of the AKG brand? I think it's extremely important. You know, there's a handful of these companies that were started in the 40s and 50s that are still around today. Uh, AKG is is one of one of the biggest. Our microphones have been used by almost everybody, you know, I would say that like the people who haven't, the list of professionals that haven't used AKG products is probably shorter than the list of people that have, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, our artists like Freddie Mercury, he used a C414 for pretty much everything he's done. Uh, Stevie Wonder, also big AKG microphone user. I know um, Tom Petty was using the C12 VR quite a lot. We're trying to make products that basically enable people to be more creative, right? And I think the most important 
important job that we have in doing that is making something that people just trust. When you trust something, you're just free to be creative because you know mm. the product's going to deliver. And so you can just focus on yourself and focus on the art. So what kind of use cases are you currently looking at solutions for, Phil? You know, for me right now, I think about how HD streaming has become you know, more prevalent now. Uh, you know, Apple Music and, um, and Spotify even now is doing some of it. And you know, uh, Amazon, they're all doing kind of this HD streaming where you can listen to audio on your phone or in your house at much better quality than we've ever been able to do before. When 4K TVs came out, we needed to make cameras that could film in 4K. And so I think about that with HD streaming and how microphones, you know, they're the beginning of the of the chain. And I think it's more important now than ever that microphones are extremely high quality because the, the end user is going to be hearing little nuances that they maybe never would have heard before. A very good point. A good analogy on the 4K as well as a comparison. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So you've mentioned obviously high quality streaming and recording is a priority for the future of the industry, of course. So I think um, it would be good to close on, do you have any advice for the industry? Sure, have a couple of things. One is it's a it's not that big of an industry. I feel like once you're in it, you're generally uh, if you don't know people directly, you're a handshake away. You know, integrity is important, making sure that people know what you're about and they like you. Uh, but I also think it's important that you go and find your your community of like-minded people. Right? I, I don't think that any art, whether it's music or movies or even products, I consider you know creating a product, it, it's an art. Right. Um, none of these things get made in a vacuum. And I, th I think uh, very rarely people achieve like absolute great things all by themselves. So it's very important to find like minded people to work with that you can, you know, you can support each other. All right, Phil, thank you so much for your insights today. It was really great to hear about all your experience in the studio and your work at AKG and how the company is continuing to innovate. So really, thank you for your time. Thanks, Alison. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Phil. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.